Like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. Good morning, friends. Pastor Chuck Blair here. Great to have you joining me this morning. And whether you're joining us from our studio audience or joining us from all over the place online, it is wonderful to have you here this morning as we continue on with our Advent series. And I want to start out just with a little public service announcement. One is we had great participation in terms of our annual toy drive and adoption, uh, supporting different families, supporting families through Gemma services. And these are just a couple more gifts that got dropped off today. So thank you folks so much. This one looks really cool, by the way. And uh, yeah, it's hard not to play with that. Uh, anyhow, just a lot of fun. And, and thank you folks for all your, all your real generous support there. And we do have some other events coming up some in person, some online. Uh, you can find them all in our events tab on our homepage at New Church Live. We're gonna have a, uh, an online gathering to just talk about the holidays. That's this week, you can see the specifics online. And then in a couple weeks, for those of you who like more in-person stuff, and if you have locally to Philadelphia, Susan and I are gonna be hosting an open house, and you are more than welcome to come and join us for an evening just of, just of connection and fellowship and, and fun and good food. So with that, folks, I want to start today looking at, at the gift of peace, the gift of peace. And, and this morning, I was out walking, and this was the picture this morning. It was a, it was a beautiful morning out there, and, and I'm walking along, and there's this beautiful great blue heron there in the Pennypack Creek, a local creek to New Church Live. And I think the gift of peace is that. It's, it's where... The waters are stilled, and we're still as well. And, and you think about all the things that come out of that, folks. All the, all the stuff, all the, all the knowledge that we have in those moments. We've moved beyond life being frenetic, being worried, being in, being in do mode. And, and what we are, we just, we just have this peace. And, and this peace allows us to be in one place and to be still there. And also, I love the idea of the still water. And that's where we can actually see our reflection. When life is still, we actually see ourselves far better. When life is still, we actually see God far better. When life is still, we actually see each other much better. So the gift of peace is, is not the gift necessarily of a weekend off, <laughs> though that's nice to have. The gift of peace is this gift in a way of a new kind of sight because it's arguable, I imagine it to be true, that, that all of us have that level of peace inside, somewhere, deep down. And maybe we don't touch it that often. Maybe it's a season of life where we never touch it for days or weeks on end. But that doesn't mean it isn't there. And it's, it's important to have because today we're looking at just a basic, a basic flow of life where, where I think we can all get it. We all understand that we wrestle with these things. Where we start out with a plan. We start out with a plan. And human creatures are great planners. We start out with a plan, and then we end up with this interruption. Now, sometimes those interruptions are real positive. They're things we didn't anticipate, the accidental meeting of someone, or the this or the that, some real positive ones. And then there's also some as well that are, that are really tragic, that are really hard, and they're, they're life-changing. 
And it's interesting with both of them because both of them, our life was one way on this side when we had our plan and our plans were this way. The event happens, the interruption happens, and then life is always different on the other side of that. And what we have to do is to find, today I wanna, wanna, wanna try to take a look at parsing through. What does it look like to have a thread that goes through all that? A thread that can give us a gift of peace and a thread maybe that starts to have us having this deep sense of dream, of what a dream is. And it's not a dream per se of winning the lottery number. It's not those kinds of dreams. It's, it's much more, as Martin Luther King would say, much more of the I have a dream, his famous I have a dream speech in 1963. It's, it's this aspirational thing. It's this dream of light. It's this dream of connection with God, our communities more healthy, our relationships more healthy. It's, it's that kind of aspirational dream that we're gonna talk about today and how we can keep a thread that goes through it all. So as we often do at New Church Live, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna start with a question. And the question is this, what dream is stirring for you this Christmas season? What's the dream that you have? And, and again, I'll be careful with how I read these. So if you give me something really specific that you just want me to know, that's fine. If it has names in it, I won't share those names. But is there a dream of a relationship you wanna see differently? Is there a relationship of something in your life that you wanna see differently? Is there a relationship of something that you would love to see open up in your life? Those are the dreams we're gonna talk about. And we're gonna talk about trusting those and in doing that, finding deep peace. So friends, it is wonderful to have you here. Whether you're joining us again in person, online, we're one big family. It's great to have you as part of New Church Live. Welcome, thank you for joining us today. Drops of roses and whiskers on kittens Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels Doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles Wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings These are a few of my favorite things Ooh. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes Silver white winters that melt into springs These are a few of my favorite things When the dark bites, when the bees sting, When I'm feeling sad I simply remember my favorite things And then I don't
Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad, so Beautiful song there, and, and, and let's hop into it, folks. Let's take a look, and there were some wonderful comments about dreams that people, people sent in. Just gonna share a couple of them here. Uh, With recent events in my life, I'm struggling to find very simple peace of heart and mind. It'll be a wonderful Christmas if I can get there. And that's a beautifully said there. I love that phrase, peace of heart and mind. And there's a simplicity when we get there. There's a simplicity, and hopefully by the end of the service, we can touch that a little bit. Another person writes, real connection with extended family. Another person, my dream is to carry an aura of love. I love this one, peace with myself, to feel like me again. Boy, beautiful. And again, folks, just we're gonna be using more and more text stuff at New Church Live. Again, that SMS text feature that we have, that's gonna be a nice way to just keep in touch throughout the week. And here's another one that just came in. Simplicity to be able to see peace. Yeah, there's, there's a simplicity there, right? And, and we're gonna look at this story. And so much of this story, folks, as we mentioned last week, it's, it's how do we create this story? How do we live into this story in a way that we can start to see it as part of our lives? Because, because this is known as gospel. And gospel in Greek, as most of you probably know, some of you are probably hearing this for the first time, means good news. It means that we should read these stories and we, could, we, should, we should be hearing these stories and going like, oh yeah, that's really good news. <laughs> and today we're going to look at a story that has a lot of twists and turns to it, part of the Christmas story. It's the story of Joseph, who was engaged to be married, excuse me, engaged to be married to Mary, who gave birth to Jesus. We'll talk about that in a minute. And it's a story with, with twists and turns that are easy to kind of go park and like, oh yeah, that's then and there. But, but really, we all live so many of these patterns. I mean, granted, on a much lower level, but the patterns are still the patterns and the patterns are part of the human experience. And they're part of where we can start to say, yeah, we get to, we get to see and we get to author what these stories mean in our lives. We don't always choose the events. We don't always choose the people either. But we do choose the story we make out of those things. So let's take a look. Let's get started here. So, so I want to start out with this. You know, it's, it's, it's fun being a pastor, as most of you probably know. New Church Live does a lot. We have a very large wedding ministry, a thriving wedding ministry with a lot of young people, no doubt, some of whom are watching today. And, and that idea of a wedding ministry, you know, you get to see all the excitement leading up to a wedding. I mean, this day and age, it's not uncommon for couples to schedule things 18 months out. So you, you get to be with them through all this excitement and all this, all this buildup coming to the wedding day. And that's where we're going to pick up on the story of Joseph here. With the story of Joseph, put yourself in the place of someone who's like fallen in love, 
uh, is, would be in their late teenage years, because that was the common time to get married, all that excitement, all those butterflies, all of it, and you're looking forward to this wedding day with your beloved. That's the place Joseph is in. And that's where we pick up the story here. This is from Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. We would say engaged. But before they came together and got married, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, through God. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. So here's part of life, right? We have our plans. And folks, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not that our plans are bad. Many of our plans, most of our plans actually are really good. They're just not always gonna come to fruition. And here's this really good plan, and then here's this shocker, right? This shocker of, of Mary coming in and saying she's pregnant, she's gonna have a child. And Joseph thinks like, I don't know what to do about this. And, and again, the, 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 the repercussions of this were huge. As we said last week, like Mary, by, by biblical law at that time, could, that was a capital offense. She literally could have been killed for that. Even though she hadn't had an affair, it wasn't any of that. Like this was a child of the Holy Spirit, of God. And you can imagine how disoriented he was. Just for a sec, just sit with that disorientation. Because all the plans, as good and as promising and as filled with love as they were, had come crashing down. And we pick up the story here, and Joseph's thinking of putting her away quietly, and then in this beautiful, beautiful scene, while asleep, he has a dream. And there's many dreams, many people dream during the Christmas story, he has a dream. And with a smile, what the dream really starts out with is that, that it's sort of the angel of God saying like, Yep, that was your plan, and I just got to say, nope. That's not how the plan's going to work. There's going to be something else here that's part of life. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. Last week, we looked at, at how Mary was afraid when she got the news that she was going to give birth to Jesus. And here, here, Joseph goes through his own little bout of fear. And again, just that, just that comforting piece of don't be afraid. Again and again, that bit of don't be afraid. Folks, I think so much of this is, is trying to get to this place where we can really be centered on, instead of trusting our plans, we come to trusting a dream. Trusting our plans or trusting a dream. Again, our, our plans, most of our plans, most people I know have plans that are really good. And they're set up with a whole set of expectations. If I do this, this, and this, then this, this, and this will happen. And that's good, and that's positive, and, and the world kind of needs that a lot of the time. And it does give us a sense of control. It does give us a sense of agency. And even within those areas of your life, 
and there's probably a handful of them that did go to plan, I bet you there were some beautiful interruptions in there as well. And some heartbreaking interruptions in there as well. Those things that that maybe rattled our sense of control, maybe rattled our sense of expectations, maybe even in some strange way brought us back to to maybe seeing there there has to be something different here. Because this is how I all had it sketched on paper. There has to be something different. And what it does, what it does, it it creates a space there for us. Now, this this line from from New Church Theology, you know, it's it's to be heard really carefully. And it's, it's this line, God's active isn't our passive. God's active isn't our passive. And what does that mean? Well, it's not, it's not our passive as in like we just decide to do nothing. It's our passive where, where that, that part of us that's argumentative, argumentative that, that part of us that's deeply willful, that part of us that's always pushing, 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 pushing. And we all have it. That part just needs to go quiet for a little bit. That part needs to go passive for a little bit. And please, I I know in saying that, there's probably some people hearing that feeling like, oh man, I feel so called out, that's totally me. It's totally us. (laughs) It's what we do as human beings. And we may do it in different scenarios. We may have different places where we're triggered that way, but it's still all part of our experience. And can we just like, oh, just, yeah, yeah, just need to, I just need to let it go. I mean, sometimes, folks, I know for me, sometimes I can get going so fast on what I want to talk about with someone that I, that I forget to even say hello. <laughs> I jump right into some big, some big question, and they just want to talk about donuts. God's active is in our passive. And when we can breathe and we can start to shift our lives from willfulness to willingness, God can be more active in a more real way. It's not that God ever ever is inactive in our lives. It's just like a beautiful, think of a beautiful piece of music that if the volume, if the other things in the room, if the volume's up too loud, we can't hear it. That's what we're talking about here. Again, those still waters that we used right at the beginning of the service. What does it mean to trusting a dream? What what does that look like? I mean, if this is the place where we can can start to get a a sense of of this shift from willfulness to willingness, from trying to find these softer places, what does it really look like to trust a dream? Well, I think with with this trusting, folks, with this trusting a dream, if we look at the first word with trusting, I think so much of it is, again, finding that inner tranquility, trusting that leads to peace. And and what is this deep peace that we see? Peace has in it trust in the Lord that he governs all things, provides all things, and leads to a good end. It's this deep bedrock level of trust that we're invited to over and over again every Christmas season. I mean, folks, it, it is interesting, right, that, that with, the, with the calendar, 
for, for Christianity with the calendar, the calendar does have a calendar and it repeats on a 12-month cycle. Why is that? Because we need to keep on being reminded. Remind. Like our minds get crazy. They just do. And how do we come back again and again to these, to these touchstones? To these, to these deeper places of inner tranquility. Because I think that that is, again, where Joseph was being led to this, this idea of trusting a dream. But it's, it's this deep core trust that may not even understand the dream in its totality. Maybe the dream is, is just a felt sense. Again, I think about that wonderful thing somebody shared about, yeah, I just want to feel like I'm myself again. That's a felt sense. We know it when we're there. And it's a very, it's a very deep place to be. It's, it's not something we can get through, like here are the five ways to feel yourself this afternoon. That's not how it's going to work. And who is this, you know, who is this Lord that we're to have trust in? Well, this goes back to ancient prophecies of Isaiah, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And notice, notice peace is repeated twice there. That's how significant it is that, that, that with God, and when we, when we allow God truly into our lives, like, peace just comes. It was interesting, you know, I was at an event yesterday and uh, talking to this couple and there's this, this person who's, who wants to, do a, wants to speak and this person has a beautiful spiritual perspective. And just as soon as they got up there and started speaking, it was just like peace. It was just home because they were speaking to, about God in these terms. They're speaking about God in a way that even for those of us who, who might struggle sometimes, that we could all somehow understand. And then the dream. We have this idea of trust, this idea of inner tranquility. And then, and then there's this part of a dream. And what does it mean to truly start trusting a dream? Well, I think maybe part of it, folks, in terms of, of trusting a dream as we start to see dreams again a little bit differently, it was, it was fun with the sermon writing team. You know, we were talking about all the different kinds of dreams there are. There are, you know, daydreams that are sort of like, oh, I just want to daydream. And then there are these dreams that are like, I want to have this, 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 and this, or dreams for things. And then deep down, deep down underneath it, there's these much deeper dreams that we all share as human beings. I've struggled this week thinking, like, how, how, do you, how do you truly articulate what those are? Because I know they're deeply shared. And they're hard to put into language. Because we do all have that. It's one of those bits that just is so fun with, with, with talking with people is, is you get this sense of, yeah, there's this, there's, this dream, there's this deep dream today. And maybe one way to see it is that people, people want to matter. They have this sense of something that wants to actually do something out there into the world. 
And that's, a little aside, that's why it's so important over the holiday season, which is just abounds in distraction. Not to, not to allow that distraction to just carry us away. It will carry us away on occasion. I mean, that's bound to happen. But can we come back to that, to that deeper dream? Like, here are all the distractions. Can I come back to that deeper dream? Someone wrote, you know, I want to I have this beautiful sense of connection with extended family. Well, there's going to be all kinds of distractions that, that can pull that away. But, but imagine settling back down into, all right, yep, I need to trust this dream. My dream was to have these deeper connections with people. I got to trust that dream. I got to breathe and live there. Or that word that came up several times, that word of just simplicity. Here are all the distractions, and they're going to be distractions. But can I just breathe and think, okay, here's a dream that we share, and it's a dream of simplicity. Connection. Simplicity. Our true selves. I mean, those all speak to those deeper dreams, folks. Those all speak to to what we can start to connect on over Christmas. Those all speak to that idea of gospel, of good news, because that's where God wants us to be. God is not looking for life to be overly complicated, disconnected, and for us to feel totally lost. He's looking for something far deeper for us. And that's where, again, like it's this dream, we have to see it two ways. You know, one way to look at it is what is the dream you have for others this holiday season? Might be another way to say it. And friends, this is a big one. Let's get a little breath because this one's real important for us all to hear. Big breath. What do you think? What do you think God's dream for you is this Christmas season? What do you think it is? There's something to talk about. There's something to share. Because it's interesting, right? Like Joseph, Joseph accepts this news. And he does as the angel tells him. There's so much more that must have been in the story. Because Joseph really had to trust this dream. And, and we don't just get told, to, we don't just trust a dream by somebody saying, look, buddy, trust the dream. That's not how it works. There, there has to be this deeper sense. There has to be this, this much greater bit to it. And that's how we really learn to trust. And, and it's, it's not that we wait for that bit. It's, it's that we open to what already is. And what there is, folks, and what I really want to spend a little bit of time on here is this idea of a light in the darkness. A light has dawned. There's a light in the darkness. It was interesting, you know, talking to my, my sister. I have, you know, I have three wonderful sisters. We, we chat fairly often. And, you know, talking to my sister about, you know, we're both middle-aged and we, we, again, we got a lot of people younger than that here at New Church Live. We got a lot of people who are, who are of that middle-aged era. And, you know, you hit, you hit the middle years, middle age, and I'll say this for those, those of you out there who are younger, you know, you hit, you hit the middle years and, and really not very many of your plans have come to fruition in the way you thought they would. 
There's been a lot of, could I get a little amen on that one? Thank you. Because it just, it just is how it works, folks. It just is how it works. And, and, you know, and some of it's silly. Some of it's like, you know, I'm sure the Steelers should have won 20 Super Bowls by now. You know, some of it's like silly little stuff, but some of it's big stuff. And, and it, it didn't turn out the way that I had thought it originally would. But, but I, some of it's been much better. How crazy is that? And some of it's been much harder. But, but it just hasn't all gone that way. And, and, you know, talking about it, and so what do you do? We have these plans for things, and we think how things are going to go. And, and, and those plans, again, please, folks, like, your plans are good. Please remember that. Too many of the time when, when I hear things preached on plans, it's like, well, don't, don't get in love with your plans because your plans aren't as good as God's. Well, I think your plans are great, and life happens. And life happens. So we were talking about that, and, and she said something very profound. And I hope you're watching, sis. <laughs> she said, yeah, maybe sometimes all we can do is keep on coming back to those little pieces of light. Whew, that's good. Maybe all we can do is keep coming back to those little pieces of light. Folks, Chill's even saying this. And it's something... I feel again and again, you know, that, that just every Christmas season, there's such a call to preach on this again and again, to say it every single time, actually. Those Christian forefathers, thousands of years ago, were trying to figure out what Jesus's message was. And they came up, and this is repeat, but I'm gonna repeat it next week and week after. They came up with four things. Hope, peace, joy, and love. That's what this is all about. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And then there was this tradition of, well, how do we celebrate that? Well, we celebrate it with these little pieces of light. This week is week number two, which is where we light a candle, we light a light, and it's, it's that light of peace. We have hope, and we have peace. Even just transposing that on the Joseph story, hope and peace, like they go together beautifully. And folks, just, just, just think, right? If you're in a season where part of your heart is broken because the plans have not gone as you planned, and they may well have been very good plans, what can you do? Well, maybe this. Maybe you just work to just see the light a little bit. And it's not see the light, like finally get the big picture. Like, good luck with that. I mean, all enlightenment does from a Christian perspective, from a new church perspective, it gives you enough light to take the next step. That's it. We never see the whole journey. Enough light for the next step. That's what you get. Lord, help me to do the next right thing. That's what you get. But it does start to shift it, folks, when I start to think like, oh yeah, there's this light, right? And there's this light that God gives to all of us. It's deep within our heart. It's to be protected. 
when I hear somebody say, as somebody did a beautiful line, like, I want to feel like myself again, that to me is like, yeah, there is this self. But it's not the selfish self, it's the true self. It's that little piece of light that we all yearn to touch. And the miracle is, folks, like, and I think it could go either way. You know, it either could go from us as individuals out towards other people, or if we learn about it with other people, it comes back to us. But there's something in that when we feel lost about, oh, I just, I just need to touch that light and to see it in other people as well, that small little piece of light. Because when our plans don't go, I know for me, what I want to know is, I want to know what the, I want to know what the answer is, Lord. My plans didn't go. What's the answer here? And sometimes the answer is like, just trust the light. And sometimes it's as small as this. Just a little candle. As is famously said and famously repeated again and again and again, many of you have heard this. Some of you probably are hearing it for the first time. No amount of darkness distinguishes light. Extinguishes, sorry, extinguishes light. Any amount of light begins to extinguish the darkness. If this room was totally blacked out, this light would still be shining. And it would give you that sense of peace. It would give you that sense of home. And why is it the candles do it? Because it's the outside mirroring the inside. Mirroring what actually happens for us. Those little pieces of light, folks, we can see them many places. We can see them in many people. And the trick is to allow that to just expand out so we start to see it everywhere. We literally start to see a night sky. This is months ago. I was reading an article, a science article on stars, and there are so many stars in the universe that if all of their light reached the earth at one time, literally the sky would just be white. Think about that. And then, folks, we learn to just trust in a different way. Here, here it's like, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's just as a fun example I just wanted to share because I think it's just, it's just fun. It just, to me, like gives a way of, of, of holding faith. Again, I think God has a really good sense of humor, so we should try to have a really good sense of humor. This is one that makes me giggle a little bit. I was, I was reading about trapeze artists, you know, flying trapeze and, and how, you know, if you're trying to like do this trapeze thing where you let go of the trapeze and you're caught and what's the trick? Here's a picture of it up here. And, and, and this person was saying, well, the trick to it is, is the person who's catching, you see the catcher there on the right, they have to keep their hands totally still. You, you have to totally be able to count on their hands. And then your job when you let go is to match up yours because if you're each trying to catch each other's hands, all you're gonna do is high five each other on your way to the ground. And thank goodness there's a net. I think that's the kind of trust that we, we learn to have, folks, right? We have our plans, swing them back and forth. Interruption happens, and we have to let go. 
And we know that still part of you knows that little bit of light in you knows that little bit of light in you that sees little bit of light in other people knows with a capital K that God's hands, God's hands will be there. They're not moving. They're there. You, I want to say you can count on it, but then there's part of it, no, 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 you will count on it. And those hands, those hands will catch you. That's why, friends, Joseph was able to let go. Because he had learned somehow, I don't know how, must have had amazing parents. You know, somehow he had learned to trust the letting go and had learned to trust that God's hands were going to be there, that he could trust that little bit of light inside of him that said, you can let go. You can be at peace. God has this. You can trust the dream. You can trust the dream. When we come back, folks, I want to close just by looking at how one person in particular lived that and, and why this really matters to have that kind of trust and what it can do in our lives. Tidings of comfort 
Hey, New Church Live, it's Angela. I just wanted to tell you about three ways you can get involved at New Church Live. The first way is we are sponsoring a family again this Christmas season. It's through Gemma Services that support a supports families in a myriad of ways. Um, they support families in the greater Philadelphia area. So if you want to see that wish list and you want to purchase an item to help us sponsor this family, there's a QR code here, or you can go to the events tab on our website and that will have all the details as well. Items are due by December 14th and should arrive unwrapped. Um, and the next way you can support New Church Live is by making a donation. We rely on the generosity and support of this congregation to fuel everything that we do here. Things like this Gemma wish list, um, you know, everyone can either sponsor an item, you can pick an item and you can purchase it yourself, or New Church Live will finish that list and make sure that we have all the items on the wish list. And so your donation supports things like those community service efforts. Um, so if you want to make a donation, you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and you can make a donation that way. Or you can go to our website and click the donate tab. And lastly, there's a really great, easy, free way to support New Church Live that we hope that you will share our content. So if you've seen a service and you are inspired, you can share it on your social media. You could go to the events tab and look at all the events that we have going on this Christmas season and share them with your friends and family. We are really looking to broaden our New Church Live family. And the best way to do that is through you sharing our content. And the best way is that, or the best thing is that it's free. You can do it completely on your own and it supports New Church Live in a really important way. So thank you all for getting involved and thank you all for being here today. I wish you a wonderful Sunday. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Angela. So friends, to close here, you know, why does it matter? And I, you know, just, we always get such beautiful responses. One person wrote, my dream is to carry an aura of love. And I think that's so much part of it. It matters because that's what we're to bring into the world. We're to bring love into the world. We are, from the Christian New Church perspective, finited forms of God's love. And we're to bring that into the world, even if it's just a little light. And that, folks, that, that matters a lot. It's, it's interesting when you look at the story, Joseph really did learn to trust he really learned to trust the dream because he actually has, he actually has two of them. You know, later on, it's another famous, famous Bible story. You know, when as Jesus is, it grows a little older, he's warned to, to flee to Egypt because Herod the king is going to try to kill him, try to kill Jesus. And so again, he trusts that dream. I mean, in these, these were like huge levels of trust. But I think, I think maybe for Joseph, and I think there's a Joseph part in all of us, it had gotten simple. It had gotten simple. And the simple part was just trust the dream. You know, and it won't all turn out the way we want or the way we would imagine. And at the same time, we can completely trust the dream. One of my favorite books of all time is a book by Eddie Hellitzum, and, and it's, a, it's a book, she, many of you have heard me reference this book before, because it's just, it's so powerful. It would be a great Christmas read, by the way. 
And, and she wrote it during World War II. She was Jewish. She was in a, in a Jewish ghetto. She was kept there. She actually ends up dying in Auschwitz. And she has these, these beautiful, beautiful thoughts that she shares through the book. One of my favorite of which is one of my favorite preaching topics, actually, is, is here she is, and she knows that the end's coming. And, and she's drawing closer and closer to God. She, she, uh, she just draws closer to God in a Christian way. And, and as she draws closer to God, she has this beautiful line. And like, folks, just listen to this. Just listen to this line. She, could say, she said, I could feel the silence in me growing. Oh, that's so good. And it's, it's that silence, folks. It's, it's the silence of a candle. It's that silence of trust. It's that silence of peace. Tidings of comfort and joy, as Emily sang. And we're looking at the comfort part here. There's just comfort in it. She talks about the distractions that can pull us away and how we need to be pulled back to this peace. Here's, here's a line from her book. We have to fight them daily, those many small worries about the morrow, for they sap our energies. The things that have to be done must be done. And for the rest, we must not allow ourselves to become infested with thousands of petty fears and worries. So many motions of no confidence in God. I love that line. So many motions of no confidence in God. Ultimately, folks, this is really big. I would take a screenshot of this. Ultimately, we have just one moral duty to reclaim large areas of peace in ourselves, more and more peace, and to reflect it towards others. And the more peace there is in us, the more peace there will also be in our troubled worlds. That's getting it. That's an incredibly profound, and you think about the circumstances she lived in, to be able to talk about that reclaiming of peace, folks. And again, it's, it's, it's not... It's not reclaiming inactivity. There's, there's an active part to it, but, but it's so much more of God's active love working through us than our frenetic plans working against God. And that peace, that peace, it, it's, it's, it's from, Swedenborg talks about that peace. That peace is the very essence of heaven. It's the very core it's the air that is breathed in heaven. A state of peace is the state of the Lord's kingdom. In that state, the Lord's heavenly and spiritual blessings come together to be in their dawn, in their springtime. Peace resembles dawn at the break of day and spring as the year grows green. In that state, every heavenly and every spiritual feature enjoys the blossoming laughter. I love that phrase, blossoming laughter of its springtime dawn that is its most genuine happiness. That growing laughter, and that, that, that sort of transition us Venn diagram into next week where we're gonna look at joy. But that, folks, is the world. We don't, again, get to choose all the characters of our story. We don't get to choose all the events. Christmas story is all about that. We get to choose a few things. It's obvious that we get to choose to fear or not, you know, and that do not be afraid. We got to make the choice to not be afraid. 
And then we also have to trust this. We also have to make the choice to just trust these dreams. Trust that deeper self part. That really trust the journey. That really trust God. That really trust our best, attention, our best intentions as God gives us to see them. And really trust that reaching out there into the world. Folks, imagine a week of that. Imagine a week where to honor God, to honor Advent, we again could think through that question. What does God want for you this Christmas? And if we could just, with a smile, with a little bit of blossoming laughter, hear God say with a smile, this season, I wish you the gift of peace. Amen. Friends, what we're going to do now to close the service is we're going to do a little prayer, a little meditation, a little blessing, and then we'll have our last song. So again, thank you for joining us here at New Church Live. And we'll see you again next week as we take a look at the third gift, the third candle, the gift of joy. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, thank us as well. Thank you as well. Thank you, Lord, for all the people who bring so many of their gifts and their talent and their light to this world. Thank you as well, Lord, for all that light that you share, for all that light that you give us that stirs in our hearts a way forward and maybe even a pathway home. Thank you, Lord, as well, that we get to gather. As many churches, synagogues, mosques are doing throughout the world, that we get to gather. To remember those things that are transcendent, to remember those things that will help us back home, will help us to remember our true selves, who we were intended through creation from all time to be. Thank you, Lord. Our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a wonderful week, friends.
Thank you, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>